Hey there, friends. Thank you for tuning in to episode two of Authentic You, Living Out the Masterpiece Life podcast. In today's episode, I get to sit down with my mom, Carol Ball, and talk about new identity and in Christ and what that means for her, what that means for me, and we go into a little bit of her story as well. So I hope you enjoy this interview with my mom, Reverend Carol Ball. Hey there, everyone. Thank you for tuning into Authentic You, Living Out the Masterpiece Life, uh, episode two. Today, we have my mom, Carol, Reverend Carol Ball, uh, Reverend Carol Francis Ball, uh, on uh, talking about Authentic You, the Masterpiece Life. Welcome, mom, to the podcast. Hey, hi there. Good to be here. <laughs> I like that you put my middle name in there. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. People need to know. They need to know. Yes, yes, yes. So, Mom, you were one of the first people to read uh, Authentic You, if not the mm-hmm. first um, person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was sending you chapters one, two, and three as I was completing them, um, going, you know, se- just keep sending them to you. And, um, and you were impacted. I remember saying, I'm hearing you, or you texting me that you were super impacted just by my first couple chapters. So I, I definitely wanted you to come on and uh, chat with me about those topics and those chapters. But um, when you first um, heard I was re- writing this book, or when you first saw, um, read the chapters, uh, what what were your first thoughts about it? Well. First of all, I was so excited that you were writing a book. I thought that was like the best thing ever. Um, uh, and I heard the title Authentic You. I was really excited about it because, because that's something that's an exciting topic and a very meaningful topic for me uh, because that's I think it's so important that we uh, we are authentic people and we find our identity in Christ. That's the main thing about being authentic is our authenticity is all about who we were created to be and who God made us to be because God created us all with a purpose and he created us all uh, individually and uniquely, you know, he made us so that it's so meaningful because if we don't find our identity in Christ, we're never going to live out the purpose and plan that God had for us. Yeah, you know, as a peep, as his people, and as an individual, unique person that he created. So um, I was very excited, and the just the beginning, the first few chapters of the book, you know, were were so significant because they they were very foundational yeah. for God using everything in our life um, for for His good, uh, for our for our good excuse me, for our good. He uses everything in our life. Some things, you know, it's not that God makes things happen to us or, or, you know, it's just that it's just a fact of life of the world we live in the Mm -hmm. fallen world. And the thing, but the things that happen, God says that he, he lets, he, he uses all of those things because he says things are going to be hard. Things aren't always going to go perfect, but when things don't go perfect, when you have hard times and tribulations, take courage because with him, 
we we're overcomers because he's overcome the world. So yeah. he gives us that promise. And then he turns around and uses all of those things to bring us into conforming us into his image, which is yeah. the ultimate goal of for those who love him. He's, you know, and he uses all those. That's the good because that's what we want. We want to be conformed into his image. Yeah. So, so those, so that's, it's very foundational and, um, you know, who we are, who God created us to be, what he uses in our life to bring us to that place. And, um, and, and finding, and finding out that, that, that foundational identity is that I'm a child of God. He loves me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. I talk about, you know, three different aspects or characteristics in a way um, that God says about us in, in Mm -hmm. um, the Bible um, through, through Paul uh, or some of the letters writing in there. One being, um, like you said, child of God. Uh, I think that's the third one I talk about. And then um, uh, the new creation and the masterpiece, which is the subtitle Mm -hmm. of the book, living out the masterpiece life, which was my personal favorite um, because of just, you know, loving art and, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, I, I talk about the, um, the, the cloisters, the, uh, unicorn tapestries that every little bit that was been created, like that's how God created us. Um, his masterpiece. Um, those are just three things that God refers to us as, uh, Mm -hmm. and, but you definitely have like that, story of that that feeling of being a new creation there's people like me who were born into christianity or um have just don't even remember when they got saved at camp at like a little young age or something like Mm -hmm. that and Mm -hmm. um have come to more of the realizations of a new creation reality um Mm -hmm. in a different kind of way but you have um you have this incredible conversion story from, from death to life in a way, and from, mm-hmm. from old to new creation where it was, where it was black and white um, transformation. And what, for you, what the, what does that actually like feel like that new creation, like in a, in like a, a feeling kind of way uh, rather than mm-hmm. a spiritual kind of way What for you, what, what was that like mm-hmm. to be, to transformation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, well, uh, there's an old Keith Green song that, uh, says, uh, there's a lyric in it and it's, um, it, the name of the song is your love broke through or his love broke through and there's a lyric in it. And, you know, I, I came to knowledge of Jesus Christ. I got saved, born again, came into relationship with God when I was 23 years old out of a very, very tumultuous, uh, self-destructive life. Um, you know, and you know, Josiah, I mean, you, you, I've shared as you've got older, you know, some of the things that were, you know, happened to me and that I got into, um, and, uh, as a teenager in the seventies and all the stuff that, you know, when that happened in the seventies and not to go, you know, people say, Hey, it was the seventies. Well, that's what was happening. And well, I was 23 years old and I, and I just came into the knowledge of God and, that's that literally is about coming into wow, uh, create you know purpose and identity and finding out who we are because it's a big question that everyone that's the big question, right? Yeah, 
what am I supposed to do in this life? Why am I here? What am I put here for? And uh, until I was 23 years old, 19, April 3rd, 1983, that day when I brought God into my life and invited Jesus into my life, and he changed me, radically changed me, like 180 degrees that day. Yeah. And, and all of a sudden, it was like my eyes were really opened. It was like, and that was what I said. I, I went back to church. It was I went to church on Easter Sunday because that's what I was used to growing up. And in the church service, I got you know someone invited me, and I was like, "Hey, it's Easter Sunday. Might as well go to church." And, yeah. And and I accepted Christ in that service, and I went back at night, and I and they were encouraged me to share a testimony. I I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna say, you know. <laughs> I just I just this just happened this morning, and but all of a sudden. Something inside of me went, no, I do have something to say. And I stood up and I said, I accepted Jesus in my life this morning. And now I know why we're here. <laughs> you know, like, like I have all the answers of life. No, it, but it was a very new, new believer, you know, the new creation, um, yeah. uh, innocent kind of declaration because my eyes were open to the existence of God and his love in my life. And that's, that's what that was like. It was like, oh, I know there's purpose, there's identity. I mean, of course, I didn't know what all of that meant working right. out the plan of my life, but I was understanding, wow, there really is a creator and there really is a purpose. There really is a reason. And, you know, this isn't all just random or, you know, something yeah. it's, it's real. And that's what it was like, you know, and, and the Keith Green song that I referred to it, it, the lyric says like waking up from the longest dream. Wow. how real it seemed until your love broke through. I was lost in a fantasy that blinded me until your love broke through. And it was like, I, when I heard that song, I'm like, yeah, I could, that's my lyric. That's my, you know, that's, yeah. um, that's my, that was what it was like, like that's waking amazing. up from a dream until his love broke through. And, um, and it was like day and night. And it was like, my life just went on the trajectory of a, you know, the it says it says in uh, that verse that you know anyone who is in Christ is a new creation, and mm -hmm. everything becomes new. And I think you, I love the illustration that you used in your book about the, uh, you know, it's not like you get a, you know, you get a dent in your car and you get it fixed. It's like you get right. a whole, new you know, car. it's like the whole new car and like the 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 quintessential upgrade, upgrade. It's like, not, you know, it's like nothing yeah. you've ever experienced. Everything is new and you come into a new relationship, you know, a new, a new understanding. And of course, you know, then we have to grow in that, you yeah. know, we, we begin to grow and understand and it unfolds. And the word says we go from glory to glory. And uh, in the second Corinthians chapter four, it talks about three and four, it talks about how we are transformed. We are changed um, we are changed when we see him, we are changed yeah. into that image, into, into that identity, you know, as we see him face to face as the veil is taken away by the spirit and there's freedom and liberty in the spirit. And I love that passage because it it's the freedom and liberty we have when we become authentic. Yeah. When we understand our identity, that's freeing, that's freedom. Yeah. And, um, the, uh, there's a place, uh, in the gospels where Jesus takes the, the apostles, the 12 up to, um, uh, I think it's Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi. He takes them up on a little, uh, you know, retreat 
and uh, up there, uh, you know, dad and I have been up there in Israel and we've been up to that place mm -hmm. and it's all like waterfalls and trees and it's beautiful and it's where Jesus took them and it's where he asked them, who do people say that I am? And they give him all these different answers and then he says, but who do you say that I am? Yeah. And, P and uh, Peter says, you are the Christ the son of the living God. And, and he says, you know, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but your father who is in heaven. And it's such a cool thing in that, in that exchange, when, when Peter declares, I see you and I know I see you and we see him face to face. And that's when that, that second Corinthians verse comes into play yeah. where it says we are changed and transformed. See, it's when when Peter comes comes to him and has that interaction with him that Jesus says to him, "And let me tell you who you are." Yeah, and he says, that's good. "You are Peter. You are You're no longer rock. Simon. You are a rock." And that's what happens to us when we come into that unveiling and we see him. We are we are changed and we begin to understand more of who we are. He shows us who we are. That's yeah. why that relationship with him is so important to really understand and see that we are his child, right? By the spirit, we cry, Abba, Father, yeah. that we are his child and and that we are his masterpiece. You know, I I really, you know, the when I when I looked into, when, I, when I've looked into that verse, I've studied that verse and, you know, you know, it means po poem, mm -hmm. poema, it comes from that Greek word that, but it means, it means a work of art. We are his work of art. Yeah. We are, and, Oh, and I, I, you know, I did a little study about that verse about the, you know, the artists and, and identifying the authentic painting versus, you know, a knockoff or a yeah. reproduction or a print. Yeah. And there's only one authentic painting and, and they, and you do call in, you know, the, the experts to study the brushstrokes and study, you know, all of the, you know, the age of the canvas and everything to, to say, yeah, this is the real one. Yeah. And that's, and so, and each of us are an authentic masterpiece. But the thing about, about a piece of artwork is like Michelangelo's, you know, the Sistine Chapel or Da Vinci's and Mona Lisa or whatever it is, or uh, there's beautiful sculptures that they, that they did and done in paintings, but each work of art is a, it's an expression of the artist. Yeah. It's an expression of them. So each one of us, we're his masterpiece. We're his work of art, which means we are an expression of him. We yeah. are an outworking of him, which is a cool way to think about that. And each one of us is unique, you know, so that, you know, and just the reality of that, that resting in that, that you're unique, Josiah, and I'm unique. And, and mm -hmm. each one of us is so unique and individually made. And that is, that's our, that's, that's our identity. And when we try to, I think, you know, you talked about it again, in your book, the comparison, when we try to be like someone else or, or not accept the, the, the work of art that God made me to be and try to be like right. someone else. It's like, I'm just a knockoff. I'm not being authentic. Yeah. I've got to be the authentic me of who God created me to be. And that, and that comes from seeing him and letting him show me that and transforming me into the new creation that I am, but that I'm growing and becoming from glory to glory, you know, like in the second Corinthians three.
Yeah. You know, and, and like there's the people do relate to that new creation as like, Oh, I'm, I'm new. I'm, I'm, I'm fixed. I'm, I'm, I was broken and now I'm healed. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not what that, what he's mm-hmm. saying that, you know, he is saying like, no, you, you're not comparable to the old you and the old you was dead and gone. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that that's what Christ died for was so you can get rid of that old you because now you can actually live in the identity that he sees you as. And it's not that, that it's not that it was never there. It's just that Mm -hmm. you said you, it was revealed to you like who you truly are. And it's like, wow, the dead me is gone. I've been carrying it around this whole time, Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know, as like a body suit, you know, like yeah. now you can just like strip that off because it smells, it's dead. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times we continue to drag it around. And I think that's why, like you said, coming to the understanding of the realities of who we are in Christ is part of maturing. Um, And, and, but a lot of times we do carry around the dead old self Mm -hmm. causing us to act out of our identity. Right. And blinding us to the realities of who we are. Um, I think that scripture says sinning is like walking around in a, a hall with the lights off, feeling around your way through the, in the Proverbs or something, it says something like that, feeling your way through a hall that's dark. You, you're blinded mm-hmm. to your realities, meaning you're blinded to your identity in Christ when we act outside of our identity, when we put on mm-hmm. those masks that of comparison, when we put on uh, the old self again, um, that that is causes us to to become blind and to stunt our growth and maturity. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, definitely. And I think sometimes there's shame involved in that as well, you know, and we've got to, you know, he's come to, to, to deliver us from that, to free us again, that word freedom. I mean, to free us from the shame and the guilt of those things. And, and, um, you know, yeah. Paul said it, Paul said it, you know, Romans chapter eight, you know, the thing I want to do, I don't do. And the thing I don't want to do, I do. And, you know, you could just sense his anguish in the whole, in the whole, pa- in the whole passage that he's saying, it's, yeah. it's like, it's like, what hell, who will rescue me from this? You know, yeah. thanks be to God who comes and he, and he delivers us. And he says he, that same power that raised God, Christ from the dead will will quicken our mortal bodies. And, you know, and, and, and yes, it can, it's re, can be looked at as, you know, we're not, we're going to, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to, God's going to give us glorified bodies and we're going to, you know, um, yeah. he's the resurrection and the life, but also even in this life, the, the uh, abundant life that he will, he will, as we turn to him, he doesn't give us anything. Nothing comes our way. No temptation comes our way that he will not give us a way out. Right. And just, you know, I think uh, sometimes just, pra- you know, practicing, there's an old expression, and I think there was even a book written about it, practicing his presence. But I, I think that's a good thing to Father really Lawrence just. Lawrence wrote yeah, practicing yeah. the presence of God. Yes. And just, you know, you know, when I, when I read excerpts from that, I'm thinking, yeah, I think I do that. I mean, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but. I mean, I, I would do that in my life, in my, you know, when I came to the Lord and just everything, everything was just new. And I just loved God. And it was just, 
the most wonderful relationship I've ever known. And just knowing that he's with me always, he's always with me. Yeah. I think when I lose track of him being with me is when my mind gets focused on something else, when my eyes get focused on something else. Um, Cause yeah. he says he'll never leave us or forsake us. So the understanding that he's always here. And I mean, if we do, if we do, if we do sin, if we do fall, if we do sin, he, he forgives us, you know, if we do miss right. the mark or we do go, of course, you know, and he's always there, but we're not, well, it's our, it's our we're job. Still like, new. We're still yeah. a new creation. We're still a new creation. In, yeah, you know, in him. I've heard it said this way. And I, I love this because it helps with that. Um, you know, helping you with your reality of who you are in Christ uh, mm-hmm. because we're forgiven, right? Mm-hmm. 2000 years ago, plus years ago, Christ died on the cross to forgive our sins of all mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, blood is on all of us that we mm-hmm. we are forgiven of our sins, um, wiped clean. So um, instead, um, you know, repentance re- rather than like you know you know the hey God forgive me is that he's like I've, you're forgiven, but you need to repent and turn away from the act of not doing like or living outside of who you are. And James says it's like you look in a mirror. Um, and this is in another chapter that I talk about, but it's like you, you look in a mirror and you walk away and you forget who you are and mm-hmm. it's, and it's yes. remembering yeah. who you are, reminding yourself like, Oh, I, I, I missed the mark. I sinned. Uh, I did something naughty. And, uh, then you're like, God, I'm, I'm so, I'm sorry. That's not who I am. I can't believe I acted outside mm-hmm. of my divine nature. I can't believe I, ex- I acted outside mm-hmm of what it is to be your child. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like speaking life into yourself mm-hmm. at, at, as you're dialoguing with God and like, and, and, and you're, you're just turning away mm-hmm. and reorienting your heart on uh, Christ. Yeah. Where, where your heart was now picking up this old self, the old ways of who you are and stepping back into an identity that's no longer your identity because we, mm-hmm. if we turn away and we forget, we forget if we're not constantly in the presence of God, constantly practicing that constantly uh, going after that, we will forget who we are. Mm-hmm. We will look in the mirror and be like, Oh, cool. I'm God's son. I'm God's daughter. And then we'll turn away and completely forget our image in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, that's good. That's true. And I'm, and it's so great that he makes a way for us to continually look into that image. Yeah. It's back to, it's back to second Corinthians three, when we see him, when we come to him and we, and we let our heart be open to him and we see him and then we see ourselves and uh, you know, and the, it, it talks, the word, the Bible talks about the washing of the water of the word. It's the word and the spirit. And, um, and as we are washed and cleansed, we see that, you know, like the, you know, talk, the Old Testament is referred to as the things, the shadow of things to come. And I mean, when, when the priest would go into the temple, there was a, 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 a labor there, a basin that they would wash. And it was said that that was so shiny that they could see their reflection in it. 
and see who they are as they washed. And, and that's, that's what God was talking about for, for now, for today, for us, exactly what you were saying that we would see and, and realize who we are. You know, that's not me, Lord. That's not what I want to be doing. And, um, and he gives us, he always gives us a, a way out. He always gives us a way out. Yeah. Um, but we make the choice. We make the choice. I don't think it's ever that, you know, I can't, I couldn't help myself. We choose, you know, yeah. and we choose, choose this direction or this direction. Right. And God gives us opportunity and he gives us grace and, and he gives us the strength to choose the way he would want us to choose. Yeah. So. My favorite uh, passage and actually my favorite, um, I don't know if you knew this is my favorite verse. When people ask me, what's your favorite verse? I go, I say Colossians 3, 3. Um, and not, you know, in all translations, but really in the passion translation, I know that there's some, um, people that don't like the passion translation. I just <laughs> like it for different ways, different reasons. I like the passion there's, translation. There's a lot of good in it, but yeah. the, some of the language that I like, it's very passionate. Um, and, <laughs> but you know, that's the one with Christ and glory, um, the whole passage, but Colossians 3, 3 says, in the passion translation, your crucifixion with Christ has severed. That's the passionate word severed the tie to this life. And now your mm -hmm. true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. Mm -hmm. And, and that's my favorite verse. You know, you're, mm -hmm. you're hidden away with God in Christ is cru the crucifixion that, that we actually mystically partake in. It's not a, a matter of, um, Jesus taking it. Now this is getting to some deep theology atonement stuff. Um, that mm -hmm. I don't know your opinion on it. This is my, mm -hmm. uh, opinion on it. And I know that we can get into like all the deep theology <laughs> discussions, but, um, Christ taking our place is rather, rather than him taking our place. He's like, actually, I I'm going with you and you're, I'm going to the cross and you're coming with me. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're dying with Christ and then we're yeah. resurrecting with Christ. It's, it's all through the Bible. It's not <clears throat> this court scene where, where God's the judge and we're on trial. And then Jesus takes our place. He's like, no, actually I'm going to the cross and you're coming with me. And mm -hmm. in that action that we were mystically crucified with Christ severed mm -hmm. us from the, this world, our mm -hmm. identity. And that's, anybody yeah. that comes to him that accepts him. And, and sometimes some people go as far as say, um, you know, it covers the multitude of sins if you accept it or not. And it does. And, mm -hmm. and that's what I believe. I think that when we, when you, when we come to know Christ is actually us, like you said, eyes being open mm -hmm. to the realities of our identity. Yes. Yeah. And the truth of our identity. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree with, I agree with that. I mean, you know, God, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit, they had a plan for yeah. our, our redemption for our, us to come back into uh, our, our identity and our purpose. Uh, Cause it was lost. It was lost yeah. at the fall. And so this, and this was the plan. And um, you know, that it needed to be done that Jesus needed to come and, God with us, we're in the, you know, we're in that season, you know, Emmanuel, God with us. And um, yeah. that, that he, that he, you know, he came and that he, 
he did become a sacrifice and and for all for all time for you know for all of us and for for everyone the world sins to to deliver and forgive and it's up to each yep. one of us to accept that but i you know but i i do i i agree with you know colossians talks about that and i think um galatians gets into that we you know we 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 died and then we rose to a new life in in christ and right. uh that's what baptism is all about it's 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 identifying with his with his death so that you know we die we died as christ died but then we we rise again to new life in him and yep. um yeah definitely that's that's uh i agree with that and uh and with our with our identity i was yeah so that's good yeah yeah when you were talking earlier about um uh the uh you know the groping around with your eyes closed like sinning yeah. you know it would just groping around um you know speaking of i you know our new identity in Christ i mean he he lifts there's a verse that talks about we were in psalms talks about being lifted out of the miry clay mm. he sets our feet on solid ground he's the rock yeah. He's the rock and he sets us so on solid on, ground. That's on 119. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, but you can check it out. <laughs> the longest psalm, so. Yeah. But he he lifts us, he lifts us out of the miry clay. And yet when I first, when I first the Lord gave me this a very, very vivid vision uh early in my early in my psalm 40. um life. Psalm 40. Yeah, 42. Yeah. So Early in my early in my Christian life, shortly after I uh, got saved, and I, um, I, was, I actually I went to Elam Bible Institute uh, nine months after I got saved. So I got saved April third, nineteen eighty three, and January, nineteen eighty four, I was a student at Elam Bible Institute. God called me to to um, to that and to you know uh, full you know career ministry, whatever, however you want to call it. But I just knew I had to get trained and I had to learn the, you know, study the Bible and be, you know, I wanted to preach. And uh, that's what I did. But, you know, yeah. and uh, but as, a, as I'm, I'm a student there and, you know, and I'm going to get into a little bit of my, my, a little bit of my testimony. Uh, you know, I mean, I came from a lifestyle of, of addiction and uh, drug addiction and uh, a lot of, you know, different things. And God just, God delivered me from those things miraculously. He just delivered me out of that life and turned my life around. And uh, and so here I am at Bible school, and I'm sitting uh, in the cafeteria, and I hear some of the other students uh, talking about. Um, and I, you know, if I offend anybody, I'm gonna, I'm sorry in advance. It's not my intention to do that. But mm -hmm. I hear some um, some other Bible school students that I I already had known, uh, found out about some of the other students enough to know that uh, this group of students uh, they had come, they had been like raised in the church, like you were just, <laughs> but they were they were raised in the church. That uh, they were raised as as believers. You know, they they probably you know accepted Christ at a very young age, and they were church they were church kids. You know quotes and mm -hmm. um and uh they they were sitting around talking about their their like little rebellions and they were 
they were kind of bragging about, yeah, I went, you know, oh yeah, I went, I went and I smoked a joint and they were snickering and, you know, they were sharing, I could overhear them talking. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, they don't have a clue what they're talking about. And, uh, and I'm, and I, and I'm thinking I could, I could really tell them a thing or two about, <laughs> you know, addiction and d- drugs and blah, 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 you know, I'm, you know, I, I, I could really, and, and all of a sudden it was like, God, well, no, not right. You know, then I, I was just thinking that and then I, so I, and I finished my dinner and I went upstairs and I went to the prayer room to pray, which was, you know, I did that. And so, and as I went into the prayer room, that's when God just was like, so what were you doing? What was that about down there in the cafeteria? And I was mm-hmm. like, what? And he just, wow, the weight of, uh, of his presence just came on me. And he was like, so are you proud of your sin now? Mm. And I was like, because I was, I was being, pr- I was like, yeah, yeah, I, I know what, what, you know, partying is all about. I could tell, you know, and. He goes, you're proud. And I was just like, oh, Lord, you know, I just had, I was weeping. I was just so broken. I was like, yeah, that's like so bad, (laughs) you know? And um, so I, you know, so, and I sat there and I started to pray and he gave me a vision and it really was like a movie, a movie reel before my eyes. Hmm. And, and I, in this vision, I was being brought down into this pit this deep, 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 dark pit. It was like, a, I'm like, you know, a Dallas in Wonderland, bottomless pit. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it was, and I couldn't see anything. It was really dark. But then as I, and it was like, I was being carried lowered into this pit. And as I got close, as I, all of a sudden, I started to see like all, like I had like night vision goggles put on me, you know, mm-hmm. so I could, I could start to see movement I, could, I was seeing the bottom of the pit and I was seeing like movement in the bottom of the pit as if, as if, you, if imagine if you were looking at slimy mud with worms moving around in it. That's what it looked like. Yeah. And I, as I could see it, I could see it was kind of like green, green, slimy, yuck stuff. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and as I got closer, I saw that it wasn't worms. It was people. It was, I saw, you know, human heads and arms and hands and they were, but they were covered, their heads and their faces were covered in the slime. And they were, they were just, it was, you know, hundreds and thousands, you know, it was humanity in there, people. And they were clawing and they were moving around and they were just moving around it. And some of them were coming up to the wall of the pit and they were trying to climb out. And as they were, you know, they, they would get a little bit of ways, not even out of the slime and they would just fall back in. And no one could get out of the pit and their, and their eyes and their heads were covered. It was disgusting. But then also, as I got even, it came more focus came and I could see other things were floating in the pit and mm. I, the things that were floating in the pit, it was like a, a you know, a, a, a hypodermic needle, you know, addiction. There was a gun violence. There was, a big wad of money, you know, greed. There was, um, you know, uh, there was, you know, for, you know, for murder and hate. There were all different of these symbols, like a mm-hmm. alcohol bottle, uh, uh, you know, just set, you know, a pornographic uh, video. There was just all these things floating in the pit. And as the p- people in the pit were groping through the slime, they would grab one of these things 
And mm-hmm. they, because they were trying to find something, they would just hold on to what they grabbed. Wow. So, so that was the addic- you know, it was addiction or, or ad- addiction to pornography or addiction to drugs or greed or violence or murder and all these things. And then some people didn't never, they didn't ever grab onto anything. So they didn't do like some of the, you know, the, oh, the, the, you know, the big sins that we think of are big sins. They, they just lived, you know, they would, they would have been like the good upstanding citizens kind of, you know, that we would think they didn't, they never grabbed anything. But, and then the Lord said to me, but look at everyone's in the pit. Yeah. Everyone was in the pit and no one was getting out of the pit except that for God coming in and lifting them out of the pit. Wow. And that just totally changed my life and uh, thinking about where I came from. So when you guys, your sister came to me one time and said, I don't feel like I have a testimony. And I said, oh, you do have a testimony. Yeah. And um, just because, you know, you know, you grew up in the church, and you didn't have like, you know, be pulled out of somewhere. Everyone has a testimony because we were all in the pit and we all needed God to take us out of the pit and put us on solid ground. So, and the Lord said, I'm going to tell you when you can share your testimony. And the next time I shared about my life, my testimony, it was a, 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 a year later, I was at New York School of Urban Ministry. And the Lord said, now's the time. And I was sharing at a, at a home that we went to for, um, it was a rehabilitation place. Yeah. And, and I shared there and the people there, we were being asked, the team was being asked who wanted to share a testimony. And the Lord said to me, it's time. <laughs> and so um, I got up and I shared and three of the young men there gave their life to the Lord wow. through that, through that testimony. That's awesome. Anyway. So, yeah. So I think we, you know, in, in identity, you know, like who, I was a drug addict. I was this, I was that, you know, God uses those things and he uses our testimony, but um, who, who, but who we are, who Christ, who God created us to be, who, who God wants us to be, you know, the glory of something is to do, is to do what we were made to do and be what, what we were made to be. Like the glory of a pen is to write, you know, the glory of the sun is to come shine, rise in the morning and shine. And that's what we find out what were we were created to be and to do mm-hmm. when we come to Christ and find our identity in him. Yeah. Arrhenius said, the glory of God is man fully alive. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's what we become when we come in Christ. Exactly. We become fully alive. Wow, guys. I hope you were blessed by that talk just encouraged by my mom's words and just uh her heart and passion to see people know who they truly are in christ with their identities and man i i hope you continue listening to the next few podcasts we have coming down the line our next episode comes out this monday uh and so just tune in and and enjoy this and if you're eager to listen to more go and subscribe to authentic life your authentic life podcast that i have out there um you'll be blessed by that as well and uh go and buy the book by authentic you living out the masterpiece life right now on amazon or barnes and noble or anywhere you want to buy books um go and buy it maybe not at your local bookstore but it is online go buy share and again i hope you were blessed by today's episode we'll we'll see you monday